This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. From the southernmost points of Dorne to the lands of always winter, what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east, as well as the shadows of Mordor, and could it be from the darkest realms of Nakmar? Oh, we'll find out. I don't even know if I'm saying that right anymore because it's been a while. I'm Cat Napsuck. Casterly Talk Live is back, also in podcast form. We are so happy to hang out with all of you today titling our episode rings dragons and willow because that's right it's official we will be reviewing willow that we is a a roster subject to change but we've got one person for sure and that is this man right now bringing him in here the one and only alden diaz and look at this Nikki kumar's here as well Nikki, what's up what's up what's up hey friends how are you hello 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 Hello, roster subject to change. Depends on how much Ken feels like he's up for an adventure. We'll go uh, knock on his castle door and ask him. Exactly. I am uh, I'm, I'm the general Kale of the team here. Uh, by the way, how um, how awesome is it? We're going to dive into Willow a bit in the show, but how awesome is it when you look at General Kale and then you had uh, the other, the the isn't it the trolls turned to dragons that's a, a mixture of uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert. How great is it that George was like, F the critics, make them the villains? No, yeah, yeah, honestly. Like, it, it just that entire, that entire movie has a very, like, I'm going to do what I want type energy. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't even, I think that's why, and I guess we're diving straight into it. Like, I guess yeah. that's why, like, that one has a weirder energy than Princess Bride or, like, Legend yeah. or, like, some of those other ones. It's yes. not, you know what it is? It's not sexy. Well, Joanne Whaley uh, confirmed some things I'd thought about myself, and uh, lo and behold, I uh, am, you know, permanently with a uh, redhead with a sword. So, you know, who's a, who's a broadsword expert? So, uh, I, the dream. I, I think I think it is sexy. And uh, Val Val Kilmer, uh, you know, come on, Kevin Pollock. That's true. Kevin Pollock, sexy. I've been around Pollock. Uh, we are starting the show off in a, in a way in a hot way. We are going to get to Willow. Um, it's not a full preview. We're having fun live, hanging out. Nikki and Alden have joined uh, joined. Uh, Rachel sends her regards, uh, busy with work uh, today as well. Uh, We're not uh, doing a full Rings of Power recap part two. We're still going to do that. We're still looking at House of Dragon. We're just kind of hanging out today and taking your questions. If you're listening and watching live, uh, those on the podcast form get the show in its completed fashion. Uh, We got a lot of cool people checking in, including our first offer, Super Chat of the Day, said the Imperial Officer, Jared the Dark Jedi, here to shame Alden (laughs) for not liking Taco Bell. Well, Jared, you better queue up another Super Chat because I can't stand Taco Bell. I'm Team Del Taco to the end. Boom. Taco, so we don't have baby. Del Taco over here. That's right. You you gentlemen understand that. <laughs> I didn't get to try it on either of my California trips this year. Yeah. But I will try it next time, I promise. Nikki, you've got some uh, feet here in California uh, from time to time. Uh, Del yeah. Taco, what's your thoughts? Um, Solid. A solid day's work. Okay. 
See, I, I also come from Texas, which is yeah. I have Taco Cabana, which is kind Ooh. of like yeah. my my home base for, for yeah. that fast I've, fast taco. Uh, yep. When I when I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, the executive taco at Tin Stars, my taco of choice. There we go. Though. There we go. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Although, what's uh, we'll get. I promise everybody, we'll get to fantasy. But normally, fantasy <laughs> nerds do enjoy some uh, fast food burritos. So this all goes hand in hand. Alden, uh, what uh, took you down the path uh, of uh, not liking Taco Bell? It was just some, I think it was some bad experiences. When we were in high school, middle school and high school, we had a, you know, two chains (laughs) share one building. Yes. And we had a KFC Taco Bell combo in the plaza of our movie theater. Okay. And I was always going KFC. My friends would do Taco Bell and I would try it sometimes. And you know what? Maybe it was just that location. Okay. But left a bad taste. I'm getting tweets right now. From people asking me, but have you had have you had the Crunchwrap Supreme? But have you had this? And they're they're begging me. Uh, uh, yeah. I love this. I love this. I love the food wars. It gets so serious fast. Uh, I, I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. We had in my hometown, we had one Taco Bell and one Del Taco. Then I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. You had three on every corner, each brand. And uh, I work in graveyards. Del Taco was the only thing they opened. And I realized at two in the morning one day, oh, this is far superior. This is the far superior. <laughs> Uh, the clarity of a of the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all, I also was eating Del Taco on the only time I think I've seen a UFO at three in the morning. So there you Ooh. go. Robert Meadows says, Durin is definitely a burrito guy. Uh, I definitely agree with that. And Jared the Dark Jedi says, moral of the story, don't meet your heroes. You can't trust anyone anymore. Uh, look, look, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, Durin, uh, Durin uh, you know, food and live streams with Ken Napsok go hand in hand. And Duran is, uh, he's he's my kind of food guy. I bet we'd get along great on a food crawl, on a taco crawl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, well, I think we forget. Duran lied to the high king of the elves to mm. secure a better dining room table for his mm. wife. That guy clearly cares right. about a meal, about home. His children seem happy and healthy. Disa was cooking his, yep. his dish that one episode, mm. so... Yeah, I think Duran gets down in the kitchen, and I think he probably does like a burrito. I'm a quesadillas guy, which yeah. I feel is more, mm, yeah. I think, mm. I would say maybe Arandir, him yeah. being Puerto Rican in real life. Maybe there's something there. Could be. Could be. <laughs> could be. Uh, I lo- no, I love this. This is why, I mean, come on, let's be honest. I think 90% of the reason I love The Hound is not his redemptive story, his hard truths, and his look on the world. It's This is a guy who appreciates beer and chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. He'd kill for it. Yeah, he'd kill for it. He'd kill yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, this the delivery of someone is in regards to the chicken is yeah. genius. I, I remember the night that episode aired. Just mm. life has changed after that scene. <laughs> absolutely, Brilliant. absolutely, absolutely. We're having a lot of fun hanging out. Just kind of a casual show here today. Uh, we are a couple weeks removed, and I uh, from House of Dragon and Rings of the Power, which is kind of crazy. Time moves so fast. I even saw Patty Considine tweet out saying it's been like 8,000 years since the end of House of Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks out, uh, how, how are you both feeling about the, the those shows when you're ready to dive back in? I love kind of uh, having that reflection period, which is only a few weeks old. Nikki? Yeah, I um, <laughs> speaking of diving back in, I had to do some moving uh, mm. the past week, and I was like, I'm going to go crazy if I'm here in silence. Yeah. So I'm going to put something on while I start packing some boxes. Love it. And I put the entirety of House of the Dragon on in one day. Okay, a lighthearted romp in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt good, though. It felt good. Feel, there were, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of things I had 
just little things I'd forgotten, especially mm-hmm. on the episodes that I didn't revisit as often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are, you know, performance based where it's mm-hmm. just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I think I'd forgotten how good the pilot was. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, no, it was great. I probably should have chased it with some rings of power, but, <laughs> rings but of uh, power you know, is- it, gets, it gets you in a certain mood when you're, when you do the whole dance of dragons it, uh- business. I agree with that. Yeah, Rings of Power is definitely a chaser for me. I haven't taken the dive back in yet, and I can't wait to uh, do that. I was watching, I was up at the Central Coast Film Society's Entertainment Expo in uh, my hometown, Neck of the Woods, the Clark Center on my old high school, uh, which was uh, fun. And uh, they played two towers. They played two Mm. towers on the big screen in a a big auditorium, big performing arts center. And, man, that was a lot of fun to just sit down. Now, it was the theatrical version, which, man, I didn't realize... How much we were shortchanged by that. It's been a long time since I've watched the theatrical version. Still great. Still a lot of fun. But uh, watch those extended editions. But it's just fun to be in that world. And again, as we always say, legally, we get it. We get it. Not necessarily the same world. Rings in, in the movies. Rings in the movies. But just to be yeah. in that world and feel more connected. Mm-hmm. And hearing things. These are movies I've had in my life for, what, 20 plus years now? 20-ish years? And mm-hmm. to pick up on little words, phrases, locations that I've, I've heard time and time again, but now have new meaning. Yeah. I, I love that about Rings. That's one of the things I, I, I'm celebrating about that show. I know some people think that we've watched a different show. That's been some of my favorite comments. Who are these bleepers? They actually enjoyed the show and pulled some themes that are important to their lives out of it. I missed all this. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. My love for Rings of Power is pretty strong, especially seeing Two Towers just the other day. Just going, yeah, it has expanded the story for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably, I haven't revisited as much Dragon. I revisited a couple of Rings, specific scenes too. I'm a big scenes person. I'll go down the rabbit hole of like, all Galadriel scenes, like all Arundar scenes, see if people have done them. And how do you do like, that? Do you just skip skip around on the streaming services? No, people do it for you. Like people on YouTube, like oh yeah, for, okay, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. For years, like sometimes right. I in, in the three years between yeah. when we had no yeah Westeros show, sometimes yeah. I would just look up like the best of Tyrion seasons yeah. two and three. I do that too. Sorry, I had stuff. this vision of you, uh, not just on the streaming services. I actually had this vision of you cracking open the DVD cases. All right, all right, all right that one. Oh Remote. yeah, next one. <laughs> Click. Just chapter skipped and all that. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. I well, we—that's another conversation. But Nikki and I had that conversation a couple nights ago. Like mm. how much I would be all over like a Mandalorian Blu-ray set. Like Rings of Power season yeah. one on Blu-ray, I would oh, be all over it. But yeah, it's the world we live in. But that said, yeah, I mean, revisiting certain ring scenes just to appreciate things that while well, you're caught up in the moment, and especially because we know we're going to cover it, yeah. we're trying to think. It's yeah. not like it's bad, but we're we're it's like English class. Like when you close read, yeah, when you close read a book, it's like you're okay. Symbolism, I'm tracking a motif, whatever. But then just going back to things, like I sent Nikki a voice message the other night. That's like. You ever think about how just amazing, like Morvith Clark's pronunciations are, like the way she says, "Daughter of the Golden House of Finarfin." Like yeah. I could, I just want to go back and listen to the show, like a podcast, yeah, because um, it was just so stunning and performed, and and the way that you said, like with Two Towers, it's not the same continuity, not the same yeah. adaptation, but you go back to Fellowship. And when Elrond says like the blood of Numenor is all but spent, it's like I've seen that now. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know what he's talking about. It's like it's like spiritually they're so in sync. Yeah, it, like it it doesn't like it's not the same. But there's so many things that do feel very samey. 
even yeah. even just design choices, you know, through the uh, through the, the you know the concept art of the like, yeah. legendary yeah. art of like uh, was it John Howe, John Howe, John yeah. Howe. Alan Lee, yeah. and it's like like the cues from all that make it feel connected, yeah. even if it's not a creative team, and it's it, it does feel it does feel like it's a companion, even though it's not. It's, same, mm-hmm. Look, it's all part know, of this, and whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's all part of this world, and I, I'm sure yeah. this series has pulled more people into the books, maybe for the first time ever. I, I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely probably uh, something that's going on out there, and and I think that's all why it's a, it's a big positive there. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to apologize for loving this show, but it's the reaction to it, and the, and the reaction to people, to people who like us who enjoy the show, has been it's been an interesting journey. I don't know if you've dealt with that. Well, Alden, I know you're always at war with someone, right? So. <laughs> At least one person, it seems, the, the taco, crosses the into Taco my, Bell night manager. Yeah, my domain. Yeah, the, the Taco Bell stands really got upset at me today. But yeah, it, it, it is interesting to see sort of how narratives, especially like by online publications or whatever, mm-hmm. like they just say things like, "Well, we all agree that Rings of Power was the weaker a show of the season." And it's like I don't. Who said that? Yeah, like, yeah. What consensus? Mm-hmm. What, what census of nerds did you do? Um, we do not all agree on that. We do not all agree that Andor is better than Mandalorian. We do not all agree that Game of Thrones season eight was garbage. Like yeah. that, we all like adopt groupthink and nerddom in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And I think Rings has been subjected to that for sure. Yeah, it's just kind of the sound of times. But and not here to get negative about it here. And by the way, if you don't like the show, if you don't like Rings of Power, that's the right answer for you. Uh, I, I, no one's here to take that away. We're just sharing what we pull from it. There, same with House of the Dragon, uh, and no, uh, no. I was, I was doing the perusing of the news sites today. Watchers on the Wall, WinterIsComing.net. I always recommend you all check those uh, uh, websites out. We're not directly affiliated with them, but we're part of the Game of Thrones uh, ecosystem, so to speak. And no headlines jumping out. I think there was kind of a confirmation that yeah, in 2024 is House of the Dragon season two. Uh, and again, uh, not bombed, blessed, uh, easy problems to have a season of a show you want coming out a year or so later. It's just uh, uh, it will be yeah. here sooner than we than we can. Um, I think mentally, though, I think I, I put the show on the shelf for a little bit like, all right, I'll, I'll do a rewatch in a little bit. But I've got time. I got time. That's the only mm-hmm. kind of news I was pulling of the week. I don't know if I missed anything. If you guys saw anything. Yeah, I don't think there's been stuff and uh, nothing on the up and up that you get occasional like. There's sets in England for rings. So like, I know they're working and like, that's cool. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, Rachel was saying, I think either, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, that there was a, a potential new Dwarven character that's been cast. And so mm-hmm. we know that things are ramping up on both ends. And I think uh, Condal recently said that they're getting ready to go for like January or February or something like that. Yeah. Um, which awesome. Uh, it's going to be a hard year. Again, hard in the most first world way possible. <laughs> We're getting four seasons yeah. of Star Wars next year, plus yeah. things like Visions and everything. So we and our friend groups will be very busy. But yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to to go a long time without them. Um, yeah. Rewatches are going to be loaded, though, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll have to juggle all that behind the scenes information with yeah. all the watching of the new shows. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh <laughs> Speaking of the behind the scenes, Nikki, you'd be very proud of me. I did sit down the other night and watch that first uh, chapter of the uh, the making of the dragon or the, yeah. the what is it? The, bro- oh, broken, the broken dragon. The house dragon of dragons built, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched the first one. But unfortunately, HBO Max 
Uh, there was something going on that night, and it kept skipping like it was oh, a DVD that had been lift, left in my car for a decade. Yeah. Uh, so I have to watch again. But fascinating stuff. The the detail um, on on the armor is always impressive. But to actually kind of mm-hmm. see Damon Targaryen's armor up close from the first episode, that all the scenes there, uh, just spoke uh, volumes of the thought that, that goes into yeah. the d- designing of the show. One one thing, light, light behind-the-scenes spoilers uh, one thing I love about that show or that documentary is how they they really take the time to sort of um, give the mic to people who aren't as front and center in things. Mm-hmm. So like way at the end, they talk about the painted table and that wasn't Condal's idea. That wasn't Miguel's idea. Like that was a production design mm-hmm. person, not even the main one, like just someone on staff that was their idea to do the painted table lit from beneath. Oh, that's great. And, and so they interview her. And let her talk about it. So, like, I like, I like that kind of stuff, too. Hey, a big mm. collaborative effort, uh, which means sometimes too much credit goes to one or two people. And sometimes mm-hmm. uh, maybe too much blame goes to one person, too. But uh, not a lot of blame to pass around for this show. Except, uh, an ongoing discussion, something we're looking at uh, going into Season 2, House of the Dragon. But going back to the Condal's comments of acknowledging that, hey, yeah, yeah, Season 1 was both smaller and intimate. Bigger things coming, bigger fights, obviously. But also, we acknowledge it maybe wasn't as funny in t- at times. And we're going to get to that. Something we've discussed time and time again. It's still on my on my heart. And is one of the reasons I think I have to admit, I'm, I'm joking and teasing you, Nikki, but like House of Dragon doesn't seem like a show I'm going to put on the background yet because there is no I'm going to kill someone for that chicken type of moments. Right, right. There's yeah. funny moments as we talked all through the season. Your guys' yeah. thoughts right now about how that will feel and what, what do you kind of expect for transitioning to that kind of uh, content? I'm sure it's a small part of it in season two. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting, right? Because one thing that the first season did so well was finding depth and finding personality for people that were more just functional in the text. Like we love Harold Westerling. Mm -hmm. And in, you know, my understanding is that in fire of blood, it's like, he was a Kingsguard. This is when he died. And that's really all you have about Harold Westerling. They let Graham McTavish create that guy. And they did that sort of with Masaria. And they did Mm -hmm. that with people like Vayman Valarian. And like, they just let people have intensity or different traits that they were able to bring to it. The biggest one probably being Allison and how their Allison is so different from book Allison and Emily Carey and Olivia cooked such a beautiful job with that. So it makes me wonder, is there somebody that they are excited to find the right actor for? Like if it's mm-hmm, Craig and mm-hmm. Stark, who's like our most anticipated, I, I think speak for me and <laughs> Craig and Stark, like speak for are they too. going Yeah, are they going to pick somebody for him that is got a little bit of a dry humor? Mm -hmm. Like, what's their Cregan going to be like? Because again, Mm -hmm. they get the the historical account of Cregan is as such. But we're going back to the north. We're going back to the Vale. We're going to lots of different places we haven't seen in a while. Mm. Away from King's Landing, those people might have different senses of humor, different uh, different attitudes. And I think that's that's an exciting opportunity for them to find the next hound or the next mm-hmm. brawn or someone like that. Yeah. Wonderful said. Nikki, jump in there. But I do want to point out that for once, Alden's made a good point. There we go. <laughs> it had to happen. Um, no, I, I totally agree. And like, you know, you look at Thrones and how the novels have characters so fleshed out. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyrion is the voice of George, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it, there's there's so many elements already within the pages that the characters are already funny. They, you know, 
the show knows where to pull, they can also expand and um, stuff like that. But with House of the Dragon, it is the case of there's so many just names on sheets. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it's up to them, you know, both as writers and collaborating with the actors, like as Aldo was saying, like to to find who is funny. Like it it could be Alan of Hull, like yeah. for all we know, right? And mm-hmm. and because there's no real um there's no nothing really like concrete about who they are. It could be Jay and Aaron. Yeah. It could be Craig and like it, you know, so I think, yeah, I think that's going to be an exciting thing. It's yeah. it's similar to in Rings how there's no real um, characterization of Gil Galad. Mm-hmm. He's just the high king, the noble king who, you mm-hmm. know, leads yeah. the charge. And so Rings of Power found a way to make him this, you know, slightly antagonistic, um, yeah. you know, presence and, you know, Edward. someone who mm-hmm. has this like uh, this, this sort of... Um, I don't want to say I don't want to say untrustworthy, but just sort right. of like he's the company guy, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, no, actually, he has a heavy burden of of, of leadership, which which is right. a real thing. But then that kind of creates some, you know, I, trust me, I've been in that I've been that boss in the office that walks in and everyone shuts up because they were just yeah. talking crap about you, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm just getting coffee, and then I'll leave, and then you can all hate mm-hmm. me again. Uh, I get it. I get it. I was, I was sharing Alden my uh, philosophies of leadership as told to uh, Jon Snow by Sir Alistair Thorne on the wall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, and sorry, Nikki, I cut you off a little bit, but I, 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 yeah, no I, yeah, I think you both made uh, a great point here. All jokes aside, you always make great points, but uh, that uh, there's room as the story kind of flows out over the map. Mm-hmm. Places go now, you know, Craig and Stark, you know, we know the Starks as being a, a cheery, uh, funny <laughs> bunch. <laughs> Always quick with yeah. a joke. The but that's the thing family. is that, like, it would be a great, uh, you know, it, yeah. it's dangerous out there in the nerd waters to say the phrase subvert expectations. I know Ooh. that's a very bon. dangerous thing to say, especially since 2017. Bon, um, bon, 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 yeah. yeah. But if Craig and being, as we know, closer to the son's age than he is to Rhaenyra's, closer to Jace, yeah. it's like maybe he does have a little bit of like a warrior swagger or something that we can attach onto him. Or like you said, there's going to be all of these, the, the dragon seeds, yeah. is that what th- that, that group is called? That's a ton of actors, a ton of personalities that we've yet to establish. There are people that have only had like a little bit of screen time that are going to get more uh, like uh, um, Stefan... Stephen yeah. Darkland that is mm-hmm. just there uh, just being intimidated by Caraxes for one scene. So it's like people that are going to have an opportunity to well, flesh out uh, and, and find again, those pairings. And then there are things that happen along the way that people couldn't have predicted. I brought up Braun, like yeah. Jerome Flynn, like he just sort of catches fire and you realize, Oh, we know how to write for that person now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a lot of that, discovery ahead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. no, we've made it when there's a funny dragon. I was gonna say, maybe, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we maybe we get a wry, sarcastic dragon that's like oh, moon dancer, Mars just, people, just cracking jokes all the yeah. time. It should be sheep stealer, just because <laughs> their name sounds like a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, great stuff. Now, any more insights, Nikki? Uh, uh, your own time on the clock for me cutting you off. No, yeah. I just i I think that's sort of the exciting thing in terms of the blank slate and knowing they can find that because uh, you know. The, the humor in House of the Dragon, I'd say, is very, like, character and, yeah. like, irony-based, right? It's it's yeah. less comedy. So if they find comedy in in whoever, yeah. I think that, that could really add a new flavor that'll be 
a lot of fun. I'm excited. I keep thinking about it. The reason I'm focused on it, and we discussed this before, and we certainly discussed it again as season two approaches, is, is it's something that I do feel was missing from season one. And though, you know, watching uh, King Viserys, the first slicing uh, uh, chicken at a, at a party while he's angry or nervous, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but uh, I just want to yeah. see what happens with that there. The matter of the succession has been settled. <laughs> yeah. Again. again. Uh, yeah. That, that one is, that. thank yeah. goodness. Had he got one last excellent comedy <laughs> beat before he was killed yeah. off, um, I love it, love it. He hey. was he was brilliantly funny throughout. Yeah. I think Damon, mm-hmm. Damon, and the you just you were Dicky, you were talking about how good the pilot is mm-hmm. when Damon first shows up and he's at the small council meeting and Viserys walks in and he's just sitting there all proper, mm-hmm. and he asks him like you know please don't just like slaughter citizens and Damon's like time will tell <laughs> like things <laughs> like that are funny yeah. Uh, oh yeah, um, he became one of Grace's, uh, my fiance's uh, favorite characters. Just the lines, what the, what the blank is this? Everything about yeah, he, he's he's great. Mama's fuss. Mama's <laughs> fuss. <Yeah>. Great line. <laughs> uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was watching yeah. here in the live chat. We got a question, particularly a question about Willow. I want to know your thoughts on Willow and what Willow means to you. We are covering the show. Uh, it is, it is uh, coming shortly here. The episodes drop on Disney Plus on November 30th, right? Uh, we're right mm-hmm. around the corner there. Some of the screeners are out. I will say I do have the screeners. Haven't had a chance to sit down and watch them yet, but I'm excited to get to it. Some early reactions are out there on social media. But, yeah, love it. If you're watching in the live chat, let us know so we can have a discussion about Willow. That's what we're going to do here in a second. Uh, but Alden, you might have it's, uh, more to say there on Damon, as uh, you know, one would understand if you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm known to go on and on about Damon Targaryen. I just <laughs> I missed that guy already. I mean, we opened the show like, how are we feeling now that we're yeah. a couple weeks out? We literally only took two weeks off from Casually Talk, and even that wasn't necessarily true because there yeah. was a podcast episode. Yeah. So really, one week off, and that week felt like eternity. I feel <laughs> like I have not seen these characters on both shows. Yeah, in so long, we talk about comedy. Mm-hmm. The laughter from Durin in yeah. in Rings of Power, and from characters like that, and or from Nori and and Poppy. Like I already miss. I'm nostalgic for them, and they just <laughs> happened. Um, so it's a yep. weird, it's a weird situation, but yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching all these. Um, I know we're going to be doing the Thrones rewatch is going to continue. Yep. You're so, about to wrap up season four of that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll be doing still that. a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. And then adding Willow in not only is good just for the soul, but then also like, cause it's going to be lighter than both of these, I presume. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then also just it's just nice to have something for the fall like something to continue on doing these discussions yeah a little cozy fall show uh yeah we got a call here in a in a second about willow get to that there one of the things and and and, you know we're just kind of uh free flowing around the around the the world here in this episode just kind of uh, talking about things so uh one thing that's on my mind is it's this weird spot i'm such a game game of thrones fan song of ice and fire as well but it's 
books you can have a different relationship with. Uh, they, especially those ones, which could be a little harder to get through and harder to get through in a second time. Not that they're, you know, not that they're a struggle, but they're, they're so big, they're so daunting, so overwhelming. You don't, you don't just pick up A Feast for Crows and read it on a nice, breezy Sunday all the time, where you might with Game <laughs> of Thrones as a show. I so love those, and I've so seen every episode, and I know them inside and out. Same with, like, classic Star Wars stuff, or just things, Force Awakens, any of the movies that have been around now seven years or so. I, I've spent mm-hmm. so much time with them. There's always this period of time. Joseph and I uh, talk, talk about on Force Center of, it's so great when you sit down and watch a new Star Wars, particularly when it's a new movie, but you feel so out of sorts because you're like, I don't know the name of that ship. I don't know that background officer's name yet. And you kind mm-hmm. of feel like you don't know. I'm at the spot with Rings of Power and House of the Dragon where I don't know them as intimately as I want to, right? I haven't seen all the episodes 40 times like I have season one mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. even as you guys, you know, we throw a name out of here, sometimes I'm like, did it Rolodex? And so then I'm like, <laughs> I have this weird reaction. I don't know if you guys have it. And maybe even in the audience, we're sometimes like, maybe. Do I, do I not love the show as much as the other one? Oh, my God. And I have this, like, panic where I'm like, time out. You, you've spent, since 2011, you've been hanging out with Game of Thrones. Uh, this God. is brand yeah. new. You're learning these new worlds. And that's part of the excitement of, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into with a, a rewatch of those shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like we came up in the, you know, Nikki's a couple of years older than me, but, like, still that same, like, we wanted the visual dictionaries and we character encyclopedias and everything for Star Wars, and we've applied that to sort of everything in our lives. And I've had those moments too, of not necessarily feeling like, do I love it as much, but what you're talking about is similar to star Wars where you're like, Oh, I'm not, yeah, I don't, ex- I'm not an expert level on this yet. Like I can't I still, win a trivia match. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I had that with the small council. I think a couple of times I asked you, Nikki, like, who's the guy that sits next to Beesbury and the new maester? What is his, is he master of laws or yeah. war? And, yeah. and there's things like that where game of Thrones, I know everyone's job in the small council backwards right. forwards from the beginning to the end. But here it's like that guy that Allison threatens to send to the wall. I'm like, who's that guy? Or, or Coswell who's stuck yeah. up for Rhaenyra and like mm-hmm. he gets killed. So there's, whereas in game of Thrones, it's like you forget how immersed you were in all of that, that we remember everybody all the way down to Richard E. Grant's one episode character in season right. five. Like it's so We will get there, though, especially with the year that we're about to have with no Mm -hmm. new episodes. Yeah. 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 It's it's just a matter of, you know, updating the hard drive. Yes. Right. You know, it'll it'll catch up. It'll it'll get there. I think I think there is something also nice about just being able to remember um, or like, you know, relieve the pressure of that from yourself, too. Right. Where it's like I I have a great time watching that. Yeah. And then I'm going to have a great time revisiting it i don't need to be the expert yet um i think that's that's always a great thing i think there's there's episodes of of star wars that i've like i love the bad batch love it unconditionally there are episodes i've only seen once yeah and so so then i'm like oh i can go revisit that it's gonna feel good it's it's a bounty indeed but this also speaks especially uh growing up uh with this stuff for for my, my whole life where it speaks a little bit of the old kind of way, if you will, the old trivia gods and the new, where if you feel that you didn't know it or you're at a bar and someone asks you a question, hey, who's that guy? You don't know the answer. Then you don't know Star Wars. Or you don't know Game of Thrones. And and I, I never want that to get in anyone's way of enjoying these things. I, I had a lot, remember a lot yeah. of that in like season, going into season two or three of Game of Thrones of like people like, oh, I tried to watch. I just couldn't remember all the names. And yeah, you'll get there. You don't need to. And in the, none of, nothing's designed to that, but we just kind of, like I always say, we gatekeep ourselves, and mm. uh, I can't wait we to do. let myself in uh, to those worlds again. 
we hold ourselves to a higher standard. We really do. I mean, I've, I've joked about my mom before in regards to Game of Thrones, but I really, I'm serious. That woman doesn't know anyone's name except Jon Snow. I'm convinced. <laughs> she still calls Tyrion the little man. And she still, like, she calls Daenerys, she calls her things like, like, just descriptions. She'll be like, you know, our girl, our girl, our, our girl with the white hair. Like, yeah. that's, that's our girl, um, our girl. to my mom. Girl. But like, But she watched all eight seasons and loved it because she did not grow up a nerd and therefore doesn't hold herself to any arbitrary standard of nerddom. My mom, and and same with other shows, she watches Breaking Bad. She knows Walt's name and maybe Saul Goodman, (laughs) and that's about it. And whereas in our spaces, like the other night, I was like, is Luthen Rail's ship called the Fondor or is it just a Fondor class? I need to check that out. (laughs) Like... No, people, normal people don't have that no. thought yeah. <laughs> and expect I, themselves. To I can't remember it. what we were talking about. This was a few nights ago. Also, it might've been that. And I was like, yeah. is this the dumbest conversation we've ever had? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a real one. You, but it's a real when one. you sometimes, when you check out and you realize what is being discussed at yeah. that exact moment, it, it was something related to, Amber, I think it was sure. the, are we now in four BBY? <laughs> And we're like, oh yeah, well, it was see. the well. The show begins in five yeah. BBY, but yeah. Gilroy said we're doing one year <laughs> per arc. Yeah, yeah. So did we end in four, or are we going to time jump to four? Um, uh, yeah, it's year, just right? a, yeah. my god. Yeah. Like just yeah. and then, and once then, you check yeah, out, yeah. And there are questions I want yeah. the answers to, but sometimes yeah, mm-hmm. you have to take check out a little bit. Check out a little. You bit. You do, and that's yeah. why it's good to have people like you know you were you were talking about your your, your fiance Grace, and yeah. like she's a big nerd, but she's also like has some grip on reality. Well, it's good she, to watch it with she, someone that can say that. would mm-hmm. pull out her, uh, you know, Aragorn sword sits in our living room. She would pull that out and put that to your to your neck for calling her a nerd, but she does have the sword to also prove it. So it's a weird paradox <laughs> that we got going on here. Yeah, it's like, Grace, you're you are holding it. You own it. You paid for it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's it. It's like sometimes I want to yell at Tony Gilroy, you actually like Star Wars, dude. Stop telling people you don't. You do. Tony, yeah. You Tony do. Gilroy is the man that said, I didn't want people to have reverence for it, but then also corrected people about the Rebels timeline Yeah, on a podcast. So yeah. I think he's coming to grips with it, too. I think he is, too. He's going to start a fascinating wearing, man. Yeah, he's fascinated. He's uh, I got some thoughts. Uh, he's going <laughs> to he's going to wear a Star Wars shirt soon enough. Uh, speaking of growing up uh, nerd, it was about 1988 that I was 12 years old. I was getting into baseball, get, collected baseball cards, had the dream of being a major league baseball player, which was me taking a bat to my nerddom at the time. So I put some nerd stuff behind me. But this movie comes out. Two movies came out. 187, The Princess Bride. Oh, saw that because it had Andre the Giant in it. I liked pro wrestling. Ah, oh, that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And then a year later, Willow comes out. Now, I think Princess Bride is a little bit more my favorite, but I, I loved Willow, and it was George. Uh, I didn't understand that Ron Howard was the same guy that was also in Happy Days. Couldn't comprehend that. Um, but, uh, you know, also Wicked. Warwick Davis is in it. So I've always had a special place in my heart for Willow. Uh, but mm. I'm, I'm at this weird spot with it where I was starting to, you know, move to other things. Uh, this was an era where you were told to put away the toys and, and, sure. and, and, and go on. But your generations, both of you, yeah, a couple years apart, uh, there's a connection with Willow that's pretty powerful. We are getting ready for the show. And before we get your thoughts, I got to share this call from our good friend. We're going to go to our Game of Thrones graphic. We're going to send the Ravens in with our good friend, our longtime listener, 
Eric Monroe, who has been dying to get the confirmation from us that we are covering Willow. We got it. And I said on the show, uh, if it does happen, Eric is about 5% responsible, all to 95%. Uh, Eric, uh, take a bow. Uh, we're uh, talking Willow, and here's what Eric had to say about Willow. Hey, Ken Alden, the cast we talk. So, Ken, first off, I am so proud to be 5% of the reason that you're covering Willow, because like I've said, it is the film from my childhood I truly adore and that got me into the fantasy genre. So when I first watched it, I was like five or six years old, and it just pulled me in. Um, the characters, the character of Willow, I think what Willow represents, the underdog, I absolutely love that. I think in a lot of ways, all of us are Willow, because there's always something in life that you're an underdog with, and you overcome it the way Willow does in the film. And my also my hope is that the television series will bring people to the film. People who have never watched Willow, I hope, will give it a chance after you know seeing this TV series. So I can't wait. November 30th. There we go. Great call. Love that. Eric saying some great things there, including, mm. hey, come on in. You might not have seen this movie that started my journey with fantasy and genre films, but come on in. Let's join, enjoy all of it and join me in this party. Great stuff there. I think Eric is he's right at that right age. Again, I I don't want people I've enjoyed the film, have historically said I've liked the film. I recently rewatched it and realized that's where uh, uh Ron Howard got uh, the the idea or his team got the idea for the start of Solo and that kind of crawl. It's the same as Willow. Pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I love it. And again, George and Industrial Lights of Magic, uh, Industrial Light and Magic pushing the boundaries on technology. Lots of love. Uh, but I, I want to pitch to you guys uh, as we start to get ready to talk about this series that's coming on Disney Plus. I, I think we want to talk about Willow, the movie, its place in uh, your guys' lives. And I don't want—you're not the spokesman for the generation, but you're representing here right now that probably are like yeah. Eric. It's a gateway, a window into a world that you wanted to go into more fantasy, sci-fi, uh, big mythic storytelling. So, what? Mm. Take me back to the beginning, Alden, of Willow. Well, it's interesting because, and I say this half jokingly and half to make Ken cringe, uh, but also really, like, I wouldn't be born for another seven years uh, when oh, Willow yeah. came out. So, like, if I still was, had my know, gray beard, which I had to shave for a, a role today, I had to go to a studio and shoot something, uh, I'd be going, but yes. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, the metaphorical beard, though, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually going to come back in faster now that I said that. Yeah, but well, yeah, I I so I wasn't like there, mm -hmm. which you know actually I want to I want to pose a question before I get into it. Just just for you, Ken. Yeah. As Star Wars and indie kids, mm -hmm. were you all conscious of the fact that this was that company doing something else? Was that like in any nerd magazines? Was it, yeah? Did they make it explicit? Like, hey, this is our next thing. Lucasfilm. Like, yeah. Was that out there? Yeah, I, I think, uh, yes, it was. And I'm sure that someone could pull up the trailers where it probably said, you know, from the man that brought you Splash, which I was a fan of, uh, and yeah. uh, the creative mind. Of, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that was out there. Did that register on a level it does now, where I'm sure even now there's five-year-olds to this day going, well, Lucasfilm was sold by to Disney in 2012. Uh, we have a different engagement level, of course, with the, the news of behind the films. But yeah, we were aware, and it was part of the reason I wanted to see it, right? Uh, and right. It's George. And look, uh, parts of that film, even though it's groundbreaking, nah, you know, don't hold up for me as much as other projects, e even in that time do, or even Star Wars does. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, it, you need this film to get to even things like Jurassic Park and beyond. Like, you need this film in mm -hmm. that timeline. Uh, go watch uh, Larry, old Larry Kasdan's doc if you want to get more on that one. Um, 
so in a weird way, it was like George, which also kind of contributed to like a little bit of not, not a letdown, but mine like, well, oh, I didn't feel exactly like Star Wars for me. Uh, but again, I was a snot-nosed 12-year-old. Um, so we were aware. Mm-hmm. Whether it was positioned yeah. as the next big thing, I definitely didn't take it that way. Probably was not discussed in that way, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And I ask that because sort of what you indicated of how things have changed. When I was growing up, and Nikki, I don't want to speak for you, so you'll jump into and, and tell me because there's like there's four years between me and Nikki, which isn't a lot, but it's enough that we were we weren't in high school at the same time, right? Yeah, I was in middle school, you were in high school. I was in high school, you were in college. So it's I like, think it always surprises us when we hit one of those, like, oh you didn't you have like that, that yeah. more than me. Yeah. I think exactly. Pirates is our biggest one. Yeah. Pirates we, of the Caribbean is absolutely yeah. one of them. Yeah. But yeah. the the idea growing up of finding out oh, they did a third thing. And then you find mm. out also about Howard the Duck and Radio Land Murders and like, <laughs> obviously American Graffiti, THX, but yeah, that yeah. they did a third like adventure thing that wasn't Star Wars or indie. That always intrigued me as a kid, mm. even before I saw Willow. I was Love like, that. That, that, so the, the Ewok kid that's awesome, that grew up and was in Phantom Menace, like he played a wizard in another movie. And so before I saw Willow, I had an appreciation for it because it was, the other George thing. And I didn't, and he and George was, I think for a lot of us, Mm -hmm. George or Tim Burton, really the person that was like, I don't direct everything I do, but they're my, my things. Yes. And, and that was a thing that we didn't really have. Now it's everywhere. That's Kevin Mm -hmm. Feige, right? Like that's Kevin Feige changed what a producer is for that in that vein. But the idea, like, George would pump out ideas and give them to his friends. And one of them was indie and one of them was this thing. And so by the time I saw it, I didn't think it was as quote good as princess bride or, or I think I was more like uh, something like Ridley Scott's legend with Tom Cruise. Like I think it was also something I liked a little bit more, but the thing that I love about Willow is something that Eric touched on there. It's that he's not like Wesley. He's not like, Mm -hmm. Indie. He's not like even Tom Cruise in Legend. I think his character's name is Jack, if I remember. He's not sure. swashbuckling yeah. or cool or hot or any of those things. He's a child. Yeah. He's magical. He's this little like Hobbit-esque, like yeah. he's he's just this thing. And his last his last name is Offgood. Yeah. Like it's telling you he's of the good. Like it's it's just <laughs> so blatant. The movie is so cheesy but it's aware yeah. that it is which i think is yeah. gonna be a thing before i toss it over to you nikki like i'm bracing myself in the same way that like mm. people have been sort of coming at other star wars because of andor like i i don't want willow to get the well this is corny because then i'm gonna have to be the guy that's like <laughs> do you know what they're making a sequel to like it, it's yeah, yeah. it's almost like I don't want it, it does not need Jeffrey Bezos landscapes yeah, shots yeah. and things like the tr- the clip that they released they released a one minute scene where they go to find him and it's got such a cheesy little sense of humor of Willow joking like I read your mind ah no I didn't like it yeah, it's like yeah. okay yeah that's Warwick that's Warwick like he's always been an ambassador for us and so I think part of it is to see him get his nostalgia play. Like Harrison gets to play everyone that he played. (laughs) He's played Han, Indy and Deckard again. So it's like, I think part of it is that for me, but I've always appreciated the film. Val Kilmer uh, is, is someone I've always really loved. So there was that element, but yeah, yeah, I like what I call affectionately schlocky mid to late eighties, early nineties fantasy. And so that, 
Yeah. That's always been a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm bringing up the fact that, you know, if you're of a certain age, 12 or 13, it's going to hit even it's going to hit differently. And and you're going to be mm-hmm. no matter what generation you start to be distracted by a lot of different things. So your relationship with it will be uh, different. And as I love this is, uh, you know, I love hearing your take on it because so many people are excited for this. Uh, I'm excited, too, but I'm really excited. A uh, big fan of uh uh, Warwick Davis, mm. uh, seeing Aaron, Aaron Kellerman in this, I'm, I'm going to be excited for that. A lot, yeah. of, a lot, of, a lot of people and celebrate. Warwick's daughter yeah. and a lot of people celebrate. Um, Tony Revololi. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but the before Nikki, you jump in, I just wanted to throw in one more note. Mm-hmm. I also think for all of us that were at Celebration, that first Willow trailer was a surprise mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. That was yeah. a surprise yeah. hit because they threw that into the studio showcase. They Everyone was kind of like, oh, it's Willow time. John Kasdan comes out. <laughs> yeah. He's an interesting cat. He's, he's, I think John Cast is, he's a public speaking is maybe is not his favorite thing to do. You know what? Here, um, I, I like, I like the cast and family, man. Uh, but John seems like his heart is always on his sleeve and he just is having a lot of fun doing things that he grew up with being a fan of is. as well. Yeah. Even though his daddy wrote Han, he grew up a fan of Han. It seems mm-hmm. I, I, I get it, it. It's a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and John, like, he has the, it's the Kasdan sort of, you know, you don't, you, I wanted Han to die. Like he has that, he has that energy of his father, yeah, yeah. but amped up to like in a millennial way. It's weird. But that trailer hit. And from that moment on, I could feel it in the room. I was like, oh, oh yeah, we're good. And and the energy of having Star Wars, Willow and Indy all like, by the way, we're live right now. We're recording this live. So if I don't want to date this too much. We are less than 24 hours away from the Indy 5 storm starting. Um, Empire That's Magazine, right. yeah. Indy 5. So, you know, so cooking. Like, it's cooking. cooking so mm-hmm. yeah. it That's just feels good. good. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, Nikki, you, four years age different. You're looking at it a yeah. little, little different. Um, <laughs> I want to know your relationship to that name, Lucasfilm, <laughs> that, that name George Lucas, this film, but also how you took this film in and, and how it hit you and how it hits you now. Well, here's the interesting thing. I am part of that little group that Eric mentions. I have not seen Willow. Whoa. Yep. So oh, my God. Breaking this. Boo this man. Okay. No, no. Hey, I thought I was woke. Okay, bye-bye, <laughs> bye-bye. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Send out the moon door real mm-hmm. quick. Well, if you subscribe um, for just $10.99. Make, make me fly. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Let's get that kid in. Let's bring him back. <laughs> but but no, I think I, I'm this... I'm. I'm that person who I love it. Am I am ex, you know excited for this show? I am like Alden said. I was watching the the trailer at Celebration. I was like, oh, that that feels cool. And like I was always down with the announcement. I knew it was going to be this sort of this mm-hmm. gateway experience. Um, and I, I something I've had before because I didn't watch the Dark Crystal, but I watched Age of Resistance on Netflix, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, this is incredible. And then I then I went back and watched um, Die Crystal and you know oh, got an appreciation for that. Interesting. So is that um, your plan? You're going to check out the series first, or do you want to do a movie maybe, watch? Maybe I might I might stick a watch in because I feel like I should pay be. some attention to Willow before yeah. <laughs> before a certain day comes. I mean, I haven't seen the show yet. I, I haven't got those screeners. Yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Dark Dark Crystal. Me up as a kid. I watched that yeah. once and. <laughs> I always forget that you have that. Uh, that lady you. takes the eyeball. Oh, nope. Well, nope. Yeah. I've never seen it to this day. And that show come, well, came out. Like, I was like, nope, we're not doing this. We're not. I'm, I'm in my what, 40s and I'm still scared. What gets me, Kat, is that, like, you're so right. The range. I just love that the range of Henson is, like, you could show it to a three-year-old and <laughs> it will scar you for life. <laughs> like, I, look, that guy, we could do anything. I am, I am a... 
a Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman fan. Pee Wee Herman influenced a lot of my, I went to the Groundlings in part because of Paul Rubens. Uh, I still look away when Large Marge comes on. I still have that like, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> that was that scene yeah. effed me up too, man. And I <laughs> and I didn't come up on Pee-wee. I will tell that, that this is this is my Ken will kick me out. Uh-huh. I've only ever seen that movie. I've never seen any other really? Pee-wee material. Um, um, that's fine. I mean, the 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 play the show was weird wonderful genius on a saturday morning it was something something special yeah. but yeah i know big, there's big, a recent one right like yeah a yeah one. a couple years ago and i'll be you know a bit i'll tell you i didn't watch it i was afraid to i was afraid to i was afraid to uh not for you large march but just kind of like see that well that's a yeah. conversation i think that we could open up with willow even though nikki i know you haven't seen it mm-hmm. and we'll talk off air maybe maybe we'll do a a casually talk nikki watched it for the first time discussion <laughs> maybe we'll do that. I, I think we should um, i think we should yeah, we'll, we'll we'll fit that in at some point. Before I'll rewatch it again. Yeah, yeah. But is that because Willow is now falling into the where we're revisiting something again, which is always a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, you saying like you didn't, I didn't expect Pee Wee to be such a big point here, but I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't watch the Pee Wee thing because I was afraid to. Do you think that sometimes? Are, are like there is a fear like it's i know i don't have this with willow mm-hmm. but like we were on the precipice of like indie five being you know in our in our face and trailers and magazine covers and all that like is there a little bit of like a do you guys hold your breath before something that you love is touched again um, i guess we all do with star wars i i, I probably did more so before star wars but then for me those have all uh, with, you know, generally worked within a 95% range, right? And mm-hmm. so I don't feel as though anything from my childhood was ruined. And I ne- I'd never be one of those guys. But I think also, I already also went through it with the prequels, right? Uh, which I've, my, mm-hmm. where I am a, such a um, positive fan of those and lo- think the prequels are absolutely genius, warts and all. But back then it was a challenge in 99. And that was the first time. So uh, the Pee Wee thing's slightly different. It, it, it's a sense of, um, I don't know. I brought up so my my pal Jeff May. Follow Jeff as long as Twitter still exists at Hey the Re uh, Jeffro. Uh, just look up Jeff May. He he tweeted this the other day and it was hilarious. He goes, hmm. "Me after experiencing the ravages of decades of adult problems wearing me down, whittling the joy and wonder of my life from my existence until I've become nothing but a harsh reminder of the whimsical child I once was." Quote: Hey, this cartoon isn't how I remember it. Um, <laughs> so all credit to my pal uh, Jeff there, great, uh, great comic. That sometimes that was kind of more the Pee Wee thing. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, kid preteen mm. Pee Wee. Beyond just the show, I was like, I once I learned what Paul Rubens was doing and learned that he had had this whole career as a sketch comic and had shows at the Roxy. I didn't even know what that was. Like, but he did live shows. It, it, that blew my mind creatively. And so I, my, that was a lot of it. And so I was afraid to go back. But with Joe, uh, Joe Maganello's in it, I think, with him and everything. So I oh think one God, day I'm going to fire it up and, and see. And I don't remember it getting bad reviews. But it's a fair question because Willow, Willow could fall into that. It clearly uh, was a key thing in John Kasdan's life just as a kid, mm-hmm. not as a Kasdan, but as a kid. And for him getting mm-hmm. the chance to be part of this and with Ron Howard, executive producing, Lucas not involved, of course, uh, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. There's always going to be a danger, yeah. though. What can you yeah. learn from, and 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 how can you change and adapt the story? But what can you take? That what matters from it? Uh, that's the bigger question. And it's the 
preciousness conversation. Like we don't need to unpack all of the Alden and Ken text conversations where I send essays um, while Ken is driving and stuff. But like the, the entire idea of like preciousness has been on my mind of yeah. people say X studios being too precious about this. And it's usually Lucasfilm about Star Wars, let's be honest. But yeah. When is that? Why is that bad? Like, I, I have never understood why that's bad. You know who's precious about things? And I rattled off a bunch of names to Ken. Dave Filoni, Doug Chang, John Knoll. They're mm-hmm. precious about things. That And those three guys all have executive creative director. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that have that title for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's preciousness. It was John Kasdan that went to Kathy and said, you guys aren't doing anything with Willow. Yeah. Like, come on, let's figure this out. Like, yeah. to me, that's not a, yo, like, I think cynically people could look at that and they probably will. I'll, I'll be, we'll see the usual websites doing this, I'm sure. Um, but it'll be like the, it's just him unpacking his nostalgia on screen. And it's like, yeah, why not though? Like, mm-hmm. why is that bad? His brother did it with Jumanji, Jake yeah. Kasdan, yeah. you know, like why not do it? I mean, and especially because Warwick is an older man now, which is a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's gray and like, he's been around our whole lives. We're Harry Potter kids too. So it's like, he's in that. Right. I forget um, that. I forget that. So yeah. it's like, we had Warwick. Yeah. I had, we had Warwick. And like, that was a moment for me as a child too. Like, Oh, professor Flitwick and the Ewok are the same guy. Yeah. Like that was a big thing too. Right. But it's like, that's why, you know, to loop it all the way into casually talks core Westeros. That's why I'm so excited that Kit Harrington pitched the Jon Snow show to George. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, he didn't wait until he was gray in the mm-hmm. hair and the beard to do it. He's like, I miss my character. I want to do it now. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that, should be celebrated. Like I want to see my actors get to do stuff. Like yeah. I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, but I know that Val Kilmer's in it for like a scene and it's like, he's in poor health. It's like, give him that moment. Like I want, that's why I was pissed that Batgirl got canceled because that was supposed to be Keaton's moment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for all this stuff happening, you know, for these people. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I think, I think yeah. people have forgotten like, the degree to which making this stuff is an emotional journey for the people who make it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and I think that's something that you have to, I think it is worth celebrating, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's that weird relationship when you get to like, who is this for? Right. And it's, it's a mm-hmm. weird sliding scale that shifts all over the place. It's like, is, is Willow more for the Willow kids or is it more for the people like Warwick and John who are, who are unpacking and they are here to share what they have. And and, yeah. and it's not necessarily they're here to share something for you. It's this is ours. We want you to like it too. Kind of thing. Yeah. And reach it's a weird, people. it's a weird sort of scale. Yeah. No, I, as far as like part of your question, Alden too, that I, I always go to, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's always going to work, but this is my thing of, the pop culture we grew up on, especially from mid seventies on is became our culture. So I didn't grow up reading Jules Verne. I, I grew mm. up watching back to future three, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, yeah. that was, so I'm influenced by that. And then star Wars has influenced the way I look at life, the way I act through life. It's continued to change me. So it's uh, the fact that some of it is viewed as less than, and that we should just leave it there in the past, not explore this world. Willow has a world to it. So why not explore? Why not see where the story keeps going? By the way, there was a series of novels that take place 15 years after this that Lucas had kind of put the story out there and uh, uh, an author had come in and, and, and um, delivered them. There, there were there are Laura, Dan, and in, uh, in the future. 
Um, I, I don't know if that factors into the show or not. I haven't looked that part up, but like I remember seeing that bookshelf in college and going, "Yeah, I want I, that makes sense. I'd love to know more because uh, well, that's a world they better figure out if they're Willow Legends or Willow Canon <laughs> Willow right Canon. now because I'm going to be yeah. pissed if so, those novels yeah. are not. right now. Yeah, again, it doesn't always work. I grew up a pretty big Transformers fan, a giant GI Joe fan. I don't know mm. if for me they got it right in all of them. I think the first Transformers film has some value. After that, it kind of peeled off. Um, and, 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 and by the way, I didn't get in my car and rant on it about it on YouTube. I, I might've ranted maybe on the Schmodes cause that was our brand a little bit back in the day. And then we all kind of grew out of that. I think I'd rather yeah. see people grow out of that, uh, of, mm-hmm. of, of not realizing it is from the past and either it stays there like Jeff May's wonderful tweet, or it grows and changes with you and affects new generations behind you. Uh, I'd yeah. rather be that kind of person than someone who yells and screams. They messed up that thing I loved when I was twelve. Not because mm-hmm. uh, they old ruin the channel things, but because you're still lost in this. Not I don't know. Not, not understanding. And in a way, it's of. like those people are the ones I would argue are being precious. Preciousness has a dark side, right? And it's like yes, uh, yes. Why don't you like like I've brought this up before, just because he's a big character, like Batman. I. Really, 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 really don't like the Zack Snyder Batman take. I'm sorry sure. um, for, for anyone watching. But if somebody watched that and was a kid and then went and found other Batman, that's good. And that's that's a good thing. And so if this Willow thing can do that for the original movie or just 80s fantasy in general, that's a good thing. I remember one of my favorite days of my entire professional career we had Carrie Elwes in studio because he was in Stranger Things. So he was promoting mm-hmm. that for Netflix. And of course, the host I was producing for at the time asked him, would you ever do a Princess Bride 2? Would you and Robin Wright ever do Princess Bride 2? And he was like, yeah, if, 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 if we would love to do that. Like if it ever mm-hmm. came up and, you know, Rob Reiner signed off and it could happen. And like you hear that and it's like Nikki said, it's it's personal for them too. And so why not do it? Like that's why Harrison is per, is protective of indie because it's related to good times. Kathleen Kennedy in the Vanity Fair uh, Lucasfilm spread that they did this year talks about how Indy five was like this full circle emotional thing because she was, she started there and yeah, yeah. now they're here at the end. And that to me is the stuff that I like to unpack and sort of see through the lens of fans. I mean, we talk about house of the dragon here. Yeah. Ryan Condal's company is called Bastard Sword. I researched it a little bit. He's had that company since 2007 or 2008. Yeah. That guy called his shot before there was a first show. Yeah. He has this, he, his life has been, his career has been building to the chance to do something like House of the Dragon. And I think maybe I'm emotional or sentimental or saturated or whatever you want to say, but I think that that's cool. Um, yeah. And I'm in a place now where I, I think like, stories mean more to me now like i was crying my eyes out watching an andor screener y'all know what i mean yeah. when the finale comes out. but like it's just like i i don't know i'm okay with something being a little bit cheesy joseph scrimshaw your co-host on force center and obsessed podcast host when we were talking about thor love and thunder the other day he said sometimes projects are like a table and they have a wobbly leg but yeah. that gives them a charm because it's still your table, like where you hung out with your friends. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you might have to put like a magazine or something underneath it to get it to even out a little bit. But that doesn't mean that it's a horrible piece of garbage table that needs to be thrown out. Yeah. And the Internet has made that binary. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
Yeah, and and we, we all should take a table I like think, Dern. Nikki, yeah, yeah, you're smarter than I. I want to hear more of your thoughts on this. <laughs> no, I, I think I think to lose the ability to connect with the good in every sort of project yeah. is a sad thing to lose. Um, and mm. and I think that's like another thing I try to live with when it comes to um, you know, Alden, you you originally asked about like, you know, do we ever hold back? Do we like do we fear something mm-hmm. coming out and and changing something? And I think like for me, I always try to live with, you know, if if I can keep watching Star Wars with the childlike wonder, mm-hmm. like I I don't want to lose that. The day I lose that, you can can take me out back and retire me, <laughs> right? Like um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm done. Like, I'm done. Yeah. like you you like I don't ever want to watch something because because there is a thing of people being afraid of what makes them feel like a kid and mm-hmm. yeah and i think that is reflecting in a lot of different shows and this sort of thing of like oh it, it's mature so it's better than that schlocky crap that yeah that you're you're used to you're used to yeah. just feed you know Which it, allowing it, them to be force feeding you with it, it usually um, yeah the sl- schlocky crap is deeper than you ever thought and you probably missed exactly. a lot of it um exactly yeah. and like and i think yeah it's the you know to to make that your default setting and not you know embrace the wonder embrace excitement embrace the emotional journeys of not just you but other people creators mm-hmm. yeah. i think that is a that's something you have to remember and when you lose that you, that's when you get into the the territory that I think we're all very against of yeah. you know disingenuous thought and uh, I'm, and groupthink uh, <laughs> you know yeah, everything. Yeah. I've before. gone from I'm kind of against it to I think I have a pitchfork that is on fire, ready to attack. ready to go. Uh, yeah, the the, it's the, like the, the end blessed of by Relor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ken cuts his hand <laughs> yeah. and lights it on fire uh, every time. To, yeah, to try to true. try to keep it a little bit to like to, to Willow. That's that's one of mm-hmm. the I've heard some early. I've seen some of the early social media stuff. It seems very positive. I've also heard some things off camera from folks who just don't like it. Which, by the way, is always an option, and that's very possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. I haven't watched yet. I'm curious where I'm going to land on just how the actual show feels and looks and sounds. It's things I I, I do. Um, I'll worry about and want want to always uh, be to my liking, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm curious if Willow how how the general public will feel because the source material is pretty schlocky and cheesy. It mm-hmm. is pretty like, are you ten and want to go on an adventure? And I get wary because because we all grew up with this and we continue to grow up with this. It is very easy to be forty years old and yelling at something because uh, you're no longer seven and forgetting that. But, uh, but what happens is there's actual seven-year-olds engaging with that. And, mm-hmm. and people did that to us growing up, right? That's why mm-hmm. Lu- Lucas has, you know, it's an homage, General Kale and, and, and Siskel and Ebert being named, uh, smushed into the name of, of the troll dragon. But that was George's battle back then. I got looked down upon. Even my friends were like, what are you doing? You could have done Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now and you're doing kids' space stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. he knew what he was, he knew his audience he was speaking to, not kids going Google Gaga, kids who were taking on the world. And, yeah. and why, why I, I'm curious what Willow does because I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to see that series and go, man, this is cheesy, schlocky, schlocky, uh, crap. Uh, and, and not have a 10 year old find this Willow and take them into a new world yeah. of fantasy. That's it's, why I mean, it's enough to experience. And like it as, might not happen. Like, it might not happen. People might, yeah. might love it. I'm just, my shields are up. 
Because that's mm-hmm. that's the prequel dilemma too. Starting I mean, that's, up that's, the shield. <laughs> that's what radicalized. <laughs> that's what radicalized the prequel generation. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is being told that, you know, going to see Phantom Menace and be like, that was awesome. And then having an adult be like, that was, that would suck. Right. Um, yeah. What's wrong with yes. you? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yes. and then that creates the opposite of the radicalized prequel generation of the people who are our age. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, the prequels suck. They just suck, you know, because yeah. they went wanted to fit in with those people. And it has all mm-hmm. these things where it's like, maybe just let, maybe let the brain of each person process it on their own and, yeah. you know, don't. Don't try to influence it and yeah. let it you know, uh, let them enjoy it. Let them live that moment. It's important to remember too, you know, in terms of especially the children of it all, like if it's going to be, it, it's, you know, that tweet, the Jeff Mays tweet, like that idea of I've gone through all this life and then I expect to go back and find the same experience that I found. And I don't find the same experience in movies that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Um, when I go back to them or shows, you know, like things that I grew up on that aren't even that old. I'm like, oh, that didn't hold up or that held up differently. Or I never noticed this or, oh, I get this more now because that was yeah. a grown up character um, where I used to like I, I watched Phantom Menace when I was a kid and I connected with Anakin and Padme. Mm. Now I watch Phantom Menace for Qui-Gon. And <laughs> I think that that is that happens. And and, yeah. and it's important to remember Something being consistent with what it was. What is its aim? If yeah. Willow is trying to be the, the straight-up sequel to something that was schlocky and really sentimental and cheesy and on-the-nose and funny and, like, all that stuff and, like, wink and nod sort of, like... Because, again, it wasn't sweeping or anything. No, it wasn't no, like no. Princess Bride. It wasn't like those things. It just has the sort of... It's in the same overall category. But it's also... It, on, on the direct real world level, it was a child that George Lucas met years prior making Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then that child whose dream came true got another shot still <laughs> as a kid. It's not like Warwick was now a man. He's mm-hmm. still a kid. Still a teenager. So like, yeah. Yeah. Warwick was like, what, like 12 or 13 when they did Willow? Something like that. He was about 11 ish, I think, in Return. We'll have to look oh, he's 11 in return? Okay, yeah, yeah then yeah. a teenager. But still, it's like, wow. Like, yeah. that was a child's dream getting expanded. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need things to be for me. And I think that that's a big thing. Like, it's not, you don't judge something for what it is or, or for what it's not. You judge it for what it is and what it's trying to be. Like, I don't, but if your problem with House of the Dragon is some of those scenes were too gruesome for me, that's a valid problem. If your problem is, uh, I didn't like that there wasn't any musical numbers. It's like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I, I go to Willow, and it's like, I, if somebody's like, that show's cheesy, and the acting is too on the nose, and it's too wink, wink, nod, nod, and if it's too this, I'm like, yeah, sounds like they made Willow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like and that's okay. And it's like, I, I, I'm a big Kiss fan. And uh, people like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, Kiss, yeah. it's just, you know, 20 year, 20 albums, 40 years, it's all the same. It's always been surface. It's just about partying. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to break it to you that they've done what they've always done. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that anymore. Welcome to Kiss. And Alden, you are worth the deuce. I'll tell you that much. Thank uh, you so much. Rounded up our discussion here. I love where this went today. We went all all uh, all over the place, but really about the, the, the themes of watching these things, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm looking forward mm. to it here. Looking forward to the show. And, and going back to you, Nikki, someone who is uh, – 
Uh, I'm so curious about your take on the movie and, mm-hmm. and getting into this world. Uh, this is a yeah, it's a it's a fun world. It's it's hard as on its sleeve and on the nose is a great way to describe it, Alden. So, any final thoughts, Nikki? As we, as we get ready to break this down, you might be on some of the episodes, of course. Uh, so we'll get your yeah. insights into uh, Willow Ufgood and the friend and the friends. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. and yeah, I think I think again, just um, I'm I'm very excited for the show. I'm very, I feel just as a person who has grown up with uh you know lord of the rings star wars harry potter mm-hmm. you know indie to what I, the extent that it's fantasy like it's it, i feel very receptive to new fantasy worlds um mm-hmm. so i think it's it's just an excited new element i feel like i'm gonna get in life and and yeah just the the show i, I was i was happy to hear that it was being made um i'm I'm very excited for this young cast. I, I hope there's some some stars yeah. in the making. Yeah. Um, and I think it's gonna be exciting to watch them. So so yeah, I think as far as Willow goes, it's it's gonna be sort of an, an exciting sort of pop culture chapter for me. And in a yeah. way that I that I felt like uh the Netflix Dark Crystal was too, where it's like yeah. I got to mm. I got to get, you know, through a new doorway and and feel feel something fresh and exciting and 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 fun. I think that's I think that's one of the keys to um, yeah. the things that don't go as you know serious as yeah. you know, House yeah. of the Dragon. It's like it's like yeah, let's let's, yeah, you need have, a palette, like, let's yeah. have a good time. And you need a menu, right? Force Center for Star Wars. You guys always use the buffet metaphor. Yeah, yeah, and it's spot on. And when you look at fantasy, we have now a range where it's like you have House of the Dragon, which is full of brutality and sexual <laughs> themes and adult themes and maturity yeah. and gender study and all this stuff. And you have Lord of the Rings, which can be scary. I think it has the scariest yeah. depiction of orcs that we've had yeah. in Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some brutal stuff. It has some incredible battles. I mean, that battle for the Southlands, it, it will go down as an epic TV episode, I think, for all time. But <laughs> yeah. it was still could watch with the family. And now we're going to take it down one more notch. And I think mm-hmm. Star Wars has done that. Where you have your Andor, but you also have Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. You have Forces of Destiny. You have Rebels. I think that if, and then there are fantasy shows that we don't cover on Casually Talk that fulfill other things. The Witcher, mm-hmm. Outlander, uh, His Dark Materials. It goes on yeah. and on and on. Wheel of Time. Rachel's talking about Wheel of Time. That might be what I watch in 2024 to fill the gap. Yeah. Um, but the the idea that if we're going to do all these and we're in a fantasy boom, and we are, and we're lucky to be in a fantasy boom because... Mm-hmm. Go back to Peter Jackson's best picture speech. It was either it was either his director speech or his or his picture speech. He says, "Thank you to the Academy for recognizing fantasy." Yeah, and that was an 03. And guess what? They very rarely ever did it again. Yeah, they thought that covered them pretty much for mm-hmm. always. I remember Del Toro. Del Toro did the same thing in his speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, like, Shape of Water, like, fantasy baby. But it, yeah, <laughs> it was that was and that was fourteen years yeah. later. That they finally were like, okay, we'll give another fantasy one out. So to be in this fantasy boom right now, I would l- I like that I can have a fantasy that is dark and sexual and, and brutal. And then I can have a fantasy that's Warwick Davis and some teenagers bopping around with some magic wands. Like, <laughs> that sounds wise. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cracking yeah. wise. Yeah. And so I will that. say the orgy in episode eight of Rings of Power was a little out of place. Yeah, that yes. one. That one. Although everyone in it was beautiful. Yeah, I think what maybe a, I, what a cast. Maybe I typed hey, in that, the wrong Harfoots thing. are just really connected to each other. Man. <laughs> <laughs> everyone stays on trail. <laughs> hey, nobody. 
Walks alone. Uh, all right, we're about to, to wound, wind down this live edition of Cats Fleet Talk. Uh, we are, so looking at the calendar, let me bring up the Google calendar. Ooh, Thanksgiving's next week. We'll see what we can get out next week. But then the week after, we'll uh, TBD on the exact time. That's when Willow starts, and we'll be breaking it mm-hmm. down here. We want your guys' thoughts. We want your guys' uh, questions. We want you to enjoy. And again, if Willow is not your thing, don't worry. We're still going to be discussing Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings, looking at the movies. Uh, we are going to be yeah. diving back into the Game of Thrones rewatch, uh, breaking down House of the Dragon. Can't wait to kind of analyze it on a on a more uh, little uh, you know uh, spotlighted uh, way on uh, House of the Dragon. So, lot of things, a lot of things coming here. All right, before we get out of here, I want, want you all to let me uh, let the audience know where they can find you, your projects, and you know who knows. Every I check uh, every hour to see if Twitter's still there. But uh, Nikki, where can <laughs> they find you? <laughs> yeah, you can uh, find me on the. Twitter for, again, as long as it's there, at Naquishus, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. Uh, you can check out the Imperial Senate podcast for Star Wars Talk. You can check out the One and Done Film Club for an awesome exploration into blockbuster franchise movies. I do it with Alden. I also do a rewatch Between Worlds with Alden on Octo Radio. Love that. Yes. Alden, uh, yes, you, and, you, uh, yeah, you kind of got the helm for Willow. I'll be on as well. I'm excited for the show, but excited to see what... Uh, uh, your takes on the show here. Tell them where uh, they can find you as well. Here, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at that Alden Diaz, as well as Instagram and TikTok. Again, for as long as Twitter exists, I will be the last holdout. I can promise you that, though, as it crumbles <laughs> will, around me. I will, too. I, it's actually yeah. been I'm not I don't support the guy, but it's been it's been wildly fun to watch a ship sink slowly. While you're we're the, oh, we're the orchestra on Titanic. Yeah. It's entertaining. Quartet. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah been fun. absolutely. Um, so I am there. I will also note, yeah, Nikki does a rewatch between worlds with me on Octo Radio. That's where we break down Star Wars Rebels uh, and analyze the show, deep dives, themes, all of that stuff. Also, but in commentary form. So you're watching the show with us. We also do the behind the scenes material. On that note, mm-hmm. I think I can say uh, Nikki is representing Octo Radio at the Los Angeles premiere of Willow. Nice. Which we forgot to say. So go. Nikki Joe. will be there. Willow red carpet. He's going to be partying with Emphis Nest. Nice. Um, so, nice. Uh, yeah. So Marauder's we'll, music cue. Exactly. Yeah. From the yeah. speakers. Yes. Yeah. So we'll have some some thoughts and everything. Our friend Charlie Ashby, your host uh, on Imperial Senate Podcast, went to the UK premiere. Loved nice. the first two. Um, and so, yeah, Willow coverage is going to be exciting. Uh, TBD, you know, we'll figure it out off air. If it's going to be Willow Wednesdays, you know, exactly. We'll figure out how we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but excited about that. And then, yeah, Octo Radio Star Wars podcast continues on. Just had Joseph Scribbershaw on for a great episode. Wrapping up Andor. We got two more of those. And then, yeah, anything else that I do on the Internet? Don't worry. Even if Twitter crashes, I will find a way to tell you. Yeah, and we'll see if we uh, uh, contact Brian Ward and pay him uh, lots of money to use Willow Talk and his logo <laughs> that he put out there. Uh, <laughs> Can we have the rights uh, to that Willow Talk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, just go to catnapsock.com to find information from upcoming comedy shows, uh, my radio show, Pop Rock and Radio, and a whole lot more. If you're uh, in the area, December 3rd, Mark Ellis is taping his next comedy hour, a great special, two shows. You get tickets on his website. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll be part of the show as well. That is it, my friends. That is it. We'll see you next time here on Casterly Talk. Casterly Talk.